Welcome to Rehab Within Reach. We are your hosts, Dr. Chrissy Rankin, physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 coach. And I'm Dr. Sarah Nelson, a physical therapist, and I'm board certified in women's health and lymphedema therapy, and I also hold a master's degree in orthopedic manual therapy. And I'm Dr. Shona Craig. I'm also a physical therapist, a board certified women's health clinical specialist, certified lymphedema therapist, and yoga teacher. We are a collective of women from various backgrounds who support each other and the community around us that have one thing in common, therapy solutions. This podcast will be addressing how the body, mind, and spirit work together to create our current state of being while offering a refreshing approach to how to create harmony within each system. Our treatment philosophy is to empower people through education by combining modern evidence-based practice with our innate primal wisdom in order to promote body literacy and compassion in your personal healing journey. Even though our professional background started in physical therapy, we take an integrative and holistic approach by addressing all systems of the body in order to bridge the gap between the current medical model in the United States and your ability to make autonomous decisions to achieve independence and wellness. This podcast is meant to challenge you to think in ways that may feel uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Remember, our goal is to provide resources in order for you to make the best decisions for your well-being, which may go against what most of our society suggests is quote-unquote healthy or correct. As a reminder, this podcast does not replace the medical examination, assessment, and plan of care from a licensed medical provider who has seen you personally. Let's get started. About play, physical therapists talking about play is, I wonder if doing that as a living interferes with play. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I would. I would think so. Uh, I I really struggle with being playful. Um, I think part of it is because um, uh, I don't know. I always I have always been like such as like a serious kid, and so like if I played anything, it was like sports outside. It wasn't necessarily like creative. So as an adult, like that definitely is difficult to. To then learn how to be playful. I feel my dogs help, you know, when they're in a playful mood, you know, I'll play with them on yeah. the floor or something like that, but that's not all the time. As I thought about this topic and I thought about, well, sports are play, but we even turn those sports into something that's goal driven, performance driven, and it kind of takes out mm-hmm. playfulness from sports even. Like totally. I think I saw recently, like in the in the fitness world, there's like kettlebell training and people that are like really into kettlebells. And lately I've been seeing people like they're not doing, they're like showcasing playfulness and do, using it as their training uh, instead of just doing like kettlebell swings or presses or clean and jerks. It's like um, I'm going to throw this bell an appropriate weight right in the air and it's going to flip around and then I'm going to catch it here and then I'm going to rotate and then I'm going to like swing and like having that um, uh, like choreography, but not, but not 
specific choreography, just like feeling what your body wants to do how, it was really cool um, that people are trying to use some fitness stuff where it can get competitive and can be very goal specific. Um, and But let, let's put some playfulness into it. So it's cool that people are having that shift. Shona, that you might be observing of an expert in playfulness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It seems like play is inherent in all of us as kids because everything it's like everything is play for the most part well it's like eat sleep play um Mm -hmm. when you're a baby and then yeah it's so fascinating all the things that I do that I have considered as work like washing the dishes um vacuuming mowing the lawn cooking um are now when I do it with Gordy around, it's, it is play. Um, and it just makes life, it almost like it just makes life easier if I make it play with Gordy. Then it's like, yay, let's crack this egg together or come play washing the dishes with me. Um, <laughs> and I want to, it's also like, I want to encourage that because um, it feels just better to make washing the dishes play instead of creating like this um, attitude of like, oh, I have to wash the dishes or oh, I have to do the laundry um, mm-hmm. because then I feel like, well, Gordy's watching me. So he will would then learn that these tasks are a burden and are chores and are not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sees them. He automatically thinks they're fun. Um, you know, all kids, like he has his own play vacuum cleaner and like, he really wants his own play lawnmower. And it's like, okay, well, why not just encourage that? It's like, yeah, this is a thing that we do and it might as well be fun. <laughs> um, and I don't want to, I guess I don't want to impart this sense that it's not fun on him. Um, Cause I mean, kids just pick up on everything and they just are master imitators so um yeah it has been kind of fascinating to just especially as getting older he just turned two so he can participate a little bit more in things and even though that makes me do things more slowly and maybe more messily like we made zucchini bread together the other day and like you know baking soda fell all over the floor and like (laughs) Um, I could just get frustrated at that or I could be like, well, this is just all part of the game. (laughs) Now cleanup is the game. Um, Yeah, it's a fascinating shift, reality shift uh, for me to just go into that kid brain, kid mind and like literally everything is play. And I don't want to, I want to encourage that. I don't want to like diminish that at all because it's just life is way more fun and beautiful in that way. Yeah. What are the qualities uh, that make it playful? I think presence, um, like doing it. I think a lot of these tasks, I, when I do it on my own, I do it mindlessly. Like I'm thinking about other things while I'm washing, while I'm cooking, like making the zucchini bread, for example. But with him, it's like, oh, okay, now we're going to crack the egg together um and it has this sense of like 
we are doing this. I'm not really thinking about anything else. And it's so, I think the sense of it being, this is like presence and then the sense of it being new. So maybe that like begin, like when I talk of mindfulness, like beginner's mind, um, Mm -hmm. like he's never cracked an egg before. So like that's really crazy to like see this egg crack it on the counter and like see yolk come out and then we like touch the stickiness of it so maybe the the like sensory aspect of everything is really fun um like the egg is cold and hard and then on the inside it's sticky um and then and then so okay so I say like presence that's not like exploring exploring yeah exploring with all of our senses um slowing things down like there's no I think like time is an important aspect because if you know we're always like or we're not a lot of times we're just we have so much going on and we're trying to like rush through things and get things done um but in in play like time doesn't really make sense you're just sort of in this like space of like time doesn't really exist mode and as mm-hmm. soon as I shift into like oh we like we gotta get going because we have something to do then it doesn't feel as fun anymore um mm-hmm. so timelessness just being present um like the I like the timelessness yeah, I think we all can maybe remember what that feels like, even if we don't get it a lot as adults. It's that when you just shift into play mode, it's like you're in another time. Like, time is different somehow. Um, yeah. And and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking what you said, Chrissy, about animals help te- mm-hmm. remind you of playfulness, too. So some of these qualities in young children, I think I see in animals too. The curiosity, timelessness. Not having expectations for an outcome. I remember um, I was like playing once with like pretend something with my nieces and um, she had a a doll that she was like, this one's going to be... Moana or whatever and I was like but no this that's like this is not Moana this is a different princess and she's like we can pretend I'm like you are exactly right (laughs) I was like called out by a five-year-old saying (laughs) you can pretend that this isn't that this is Moana I'm like you are 100% correct and I'm sorry (laughs) I found I found an adult playfulness scale so there's like oh, 20 cool. words, uh, spontaneous and discipline. And I think this is where my PT training makes me fall down here. I am guided by to-do lists mm-hmm. uh, yep. uh, and to just stop and be spontaneous. Yeah. Uh, it's ooh, hard. That is hard. Um, and that's impulsive and diligent is there too adventurous versus purposeful carefree versus careful free spirited versus disciplined fun versus earnest expressive versus (laughs) self-controlled 
bouncy versus stayed, open versus reserved. This is a great list. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a- uh, animated versus passive, emotional versus intellectual, excitable versus serene. I don't know. Fun versus boring. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we, I can continue the list, but let me stop. I listened to a, a program on the Ringling Brothers Circuses started up again. And to start it, they um, remastered it. They said, what, what do we need to do to reach um, the, this next generation of circus attenders? And they based it off of TikTok. So there's something... Wow changing every three seconds amongst the performers and the risks that performers are taking are much more. So like their high wire act, they have three tightrope walkers going at once. One of them was a set of three, one standing, one on a bike with a bar between them. Some guy doing a handstand on that bar. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh! I mean, it is really interesting then to go into that top, like a direction of talking about how social media has changed what play means to us as well, and mm-hmm. potentially is taking yeah. away opportunities to play. Because um, even as adults, playtime is is important, and um, sometimes we can get sucked into like sometimes social media can be playful, and you're getting some. Uh, the same physiological responses that we can get through playtime, but at some point you kind of get sucked into a hole and it's hard to get out of at that point. Yeah. There's this whole list, this part of the list, uh, fun, boring, bright, dull, exciting, dull, playful, serious, bright, dark. Those are all about being excited. The, The excitable, serene, like that to be stimulated and surprised and that gets harder to do because we have so much exposure. One important thing I noticed and thought about was that like kids um, don't need that constant changing changeover of stimulus and new Mm -hmm. and different things. They actually inherently like the same thing over and over again. Hmm. Um, and that was a concept that you guys remember that show Blue's Clues. Yeah. So they, I might get this wrong because I don't know the exact details, but it was something like they uh, had this idea that they would show the same exact episode. I think it was like every day for a whole week or like every week for a while. And people thought like that was crazy. Like people are going to get bored. Um, but that was actually they went ahead with it and it was highly successful um, because they realized that kids just like seeing the same thing over and over again. I think it has something to do with like, it's comforting to them. They know what to expect. And it's like that feeling of maybe if you have a favorite movie and you like watching it over and over again, because you know the lines and it's Mm. funnier every time you see it or better somehow every time you see it. And like, I noticed that with Gordy is he wants to read the same book over and over again every day and then until maybe there's a new book and then we read that one over and over again um Mm -hmm. and it's just fascinating to see how like how 
how it starts that way and then it become or or even like as kids I notice like a lot of kids toys and kids shows are very like like rapid fire like mm-hmm. da, 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 like colorful crazy like da, da, and like loud noises and loud colors and it's like kids don't need that and I, I think that's pretty detrimental to their to their brains and actually I think they've shown that that causes like more stress response mm-hmm. in their brains um I've and, heard that too yeah hmm. and so it's just interesting that as adults now with social media and TikTok that that's maybe that becomes addicting or or something mm-hmm. um but it's not really what we came from as kids and what we really needed as kids what um, what do you guys is there something that you have liked to watch or read over and over again there's certain like funny movies <laughs> Like when I was a teenager, I like was obsessed with Hot Rod. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so like like cult classic. Andy Samberg came out when I was seventeen, and every time I watch it, it's just hilarious. So <laughs> it's really random. <laughs> I don't know what else do you guys think of. <laughs> I will anytime I it, the classic on the television movie all the time like uh Forrest Gump if that's ever on um that will definitely be watched and my mom and I even have like a bit we used to do it maybe we should do it again because we're gonna come up here for Thanksgiving of um (laughs) we would quote like we wouldn't make our own uh shrimp uh like dishes that so, like, we first started, like, we need to, like, actually say what actually Bubba talks about, like, the different types of shrimp dishes, you know, and then we went to, like, coconut shrimp, like, he didn't talk about that, and then we went to, like, like, <laughs> pineapple shrimp, and we just, we would then just, it's the dumbest thing, but we would just laugh so hard about <laughs> different types of shrimp that we can come up on, <laughs> and so not only is that movie just, like, fun and enjoyable that way but it even like bled into our our everyday life which has been fun too yeah yeah mine is not so interesting mine was um pride and prejudice with kira knightley i probably watched that like 50 times (laughs) yeah it's like listening to an album that's got great music beautiful scenery Mm -hmm. nothing terrible happens nice you just watch people living their life (laughs) calming yeah the opening scene she's walking in the bucolic countryside reading a book looking at her family nice (laughs) which kind of supports your theory that we really don't need um constant stimulation yeah Mm -hmm. i think you said like an album too i think music is a good example oh yeah listen to the same songs over and over Gordy has been listening to the Moana soundtrack over and over. That's a good one. <laughs> and uh, Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> he really likes the, what is it? The, ch- the cello. The cello, it. yeah. Um, I, which is interesting. There's one song that I played on the cello when I was pregnant. And he like wants to listen to that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
I didn't. Do you you play the cello? I play the violin, but when I was pregnant, I had a instinct to. I rented rented a cello and I self taught myself how to play it. And oh, I, cool. for some reason, I picked that song to learn, and I just watched. I don't know. I kind of learned it by ear by in YouTube videos. Um, hmm. Yeah, and I just played that song over and over and over. And Gordy is like, I don't know, there's something about it that he loves. He remembers it now. Well, there's that book, that Biology of Belief, um, that's about, and they talk about how in utero, how that affects us. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I felt the cello felt really good to play because it, you lean it, I leaned it against my body. So the vibration felt yeah good um and i'm sure he yeah was listening to so yeah i guess that there's something about play where like in, innately it seems like as kids we do like repetition and doing the same thing over and over yeah it's fun so i don't know why where we get the idea that we need something new every day I mean even I catch myself when I'm like reading him books I'm reading the same story over and over and I'm like don't you want to read something else and then I catch myself I'm like well why (laughs) like he wants to read this one over and over like that's that's great that's one of my kids loved the moss flower series um red wall and those one anyway but moss flower he'd read it so many times like he read it a hundred times and I said, why did you do that? So he was older, right? Like he was fourth grade or something. And he, he said he could start a paragraph and he knew what it was going to say. And he just loved mm. thinking about it and loved the story. It sounds like first, yeah, like predictability is something that people, that kids like, it sounds like. Yeah, or another one that I've watched over and over is Ted Lasso. And I think why do why do I want to watch this over and over? It um I like the the kindness in it and the hopefulness and um telling myself those stories again and again, basically. I think humor too. It's I think mm-hmm. fun. Humorous things yes. are fun to watch over and yes. over. Yes. Humor is fun. Yeah. The other the other parts of this list, like there's a third segment, which is also seems to have a theme: creative, uncreative, imaginative, unimaginative, active, passive, silly, sensible, whimsical, practical, um, childlike, mature, frivolous, productive, unpredictable, predictable. That's a good list. Mm-hmm. But th- those are that that element of spontaneity and just um, <clears throat> being able to the the for the Bubba Gump shrimp silliness the silliness. It is really sad how like when you look back and you see like the times that you should have allowed your like play and fun to be and but with expectations of what it is to be an adult. Like you're like I can't do that. Um, I think that's what I think is really interesting about um, 
people's like obsession right now of like protecting children and yet like are also forcing children to be adults like at a young age and you're like wait like protecting their ability to be innocent and not have all these expectations to be little adults like that's also protecting children because it's it is important for for them to be children right and then for adults then to learn how to tap into being that childlike essence when we it is appropriate to like be playful and not have expectations and tap into that I'm sure it brings back you know the nervous system and and how uh we're soothing the nervous system through play and through repetition and through through that kind of stuff so it's like finding that balance between it all I think that um yeah I think that there's more ex uh expectations to perform in a certain way um for like and because of social media for the kids in this generation like yeah they are and they're more worried about or are more um, interested in what people think of Mm -hmm. them um so it it makes me think of i mean it's funny not funny but like all those videos of like kids dancing these days versus like how i did as a millennial and it's like um, (laughs) you know like really kind of hypersexualized and like Mm -hmm. dancing their like routines and then like yeah these old school videos of like i did as a kid where i was just like a total goof dancing to like Mm -hmm. Christina aguilera or backstreet boys and just ridiculous (laughs) but but i remember those being the fun most fun times and I didn't care like what people thought. It was just I just was hysterical laughing with my friends the whole time, making up dances that mm-hmm. now look ridiculous. <laughs> but it's like we didn't have that pressure to then post it on social media and then get the oh. likes and yeah. stuff. Um, sure. I mean, if I would, <laughs> that would you just can't even imagine posting those videos. I mean, now we post them on social media because they're hilarious and yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's just different today because of that so this uh other study on the adult playfulness scale they showed that um it related playfulness related positively to work outcomes including task evaluation perceptions involvement and performance and provided more predictive efficacy than other psychological constructs studied in this Mm. Uh, thing so playfulness at work hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. which would then be you know spontaneity creativity um not worrying about productivity yes outcomes <laughs> yes i think like sort of I feel like we all maybe can shift into the play mode when we're working with patients, when we get that spark of like, oh, like this is interesting. Like your foot is moving in this way and it's affecting your shoulder in this way. And we can like, I I can tap into that, like, oh, like this is exciting and this is fascinating and kind of get into that with the patient of like play or exploration or 
isn't this cool or interesting and um but yeah it doesn't stay there because we have to like every don't we go I go back into that okay well we need to like get you better and like the we need to reflect some sort of progress and outcomes for insurance and notes and <laughs> yeah that's so annoying but it would be cool if we all could just stay in that place of isn't this like fascinating your body is this way like we all have our own unique lines of tension and our body tells our story of our like traumas and injuries and stuff that like we're meant to work on in this life and we like our our injuries and um and stuff we can find like growth and learn from them um we can learn from what our bodies are telling us and like that's where I think maybe we tap into play with what we do rather than just seeing like our patients as like a task that we need to conquer or over or the injury is like something we need to fix or overcome. I feel like the the um the best example of like play in physical therapy are pediatric physical therapists and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they I I was always so intimidated with pediatrics because even though yes I have I am a ch- I have been a child um my parents always talk about how like serious I was even like as a kid um and so seeing like adults be able to tap into that childlike essence of an appropriate manner right um while using play as a way for therapy like there's sometimes people I've heard like orthopedic um therapists who are like like we should actually make adult physical therapy look like pediatric physical therapy because if if we can have them move like children do um in this unrestricted way and allow them to get into make mistakes and to get into different ability positions and jump into a ball pit you know like if we actually had adults do that like would our outcomes be better as well and it's a great question Um, I like that oh that would be fun actually (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. really cool like someone should come up with a course a college course of how do you like teach orthopedics like a pediatric how do you do orthopedics like a pediatric PT yeah well isn't isn't um American Ninja Warrior <laughs> kind of a, a, you know yeah, that yeah. idea? But then again, it like brings on that competitive nature yeah. of like I have to win, I have to like do it fast, I have to do. And granted, there is like a difference between the sport of Ninja Warrior versus like the learning and the play of Ninja Warrior, right? Um, it's just really yeah. interesting how the competition always gets that. Like, that's a big conversation in the CrossFit world too of like, there, you know, the sport, there's like no other sport, I guess besides Ninja Warrior stuff, but there's no professional sport that there's like everyday people who are also participating in the sport in some capacity, like the NFL, like in football, like yes, there's people beneath the NFL professional athletes who are playing football, but like the average person isn't participating in it every day. Whereas CrossFit, like 
you have the elite athletes and the not elite athletes, like all doing the same thing. Right. Um, and so it's really hard then to separate like CrossFit as a sport and like that elite elite athletes versus like CrossFit as something that's supposed to be fun and supposed to be playful. Um, and uh, that conversation has been talking a lot too about, about it. Like, are we losing reality? Are we losing touch of like what the essence of CrossFit is? Um, because we are too focused on the sport, but the sport is also what pushes along the modality right so you know there's no because it's exciting but there's no one way to do it that's for sure and then too I would have to say I've I think I have similar feelings about pediatric PT because I did a a rotation in that as a student and not only did you have to figure out the therapy goals but you figure had to figure out how you were going to make it interesting to the patient the kid so that they would participate in it So with adults, I can use that as an excuse to just say, here, just do this (laughs) and not necessarily make it fun. Anything you want to add before you have to go, Shona? Go play. (laughs) Um, Um, How do you find playtime now as a mom? I, I know that when I get into that play zone with Gordy, it is kind of it's a relief. It's fun. And I notice that he feels, it really affects his, like he feels more connected to me. I notice he's calmer throughout the day um, and more regulated. And then I still have to work on like that shift from doing mode. Cause there's so much I have to do as a parent and just taking care of him and taking care of the house and taking care of the family and like doing all the things that, and I don't have a lot of like help and support. So it, it's, it, it's like this feeling of, uh, uh, worry or like, he's like, say he's really wanting me to come play with him, but I'm trying to get something done. And then it's a struggle to let go of what I'm doing to shift into play mode. Um, Mm. so I'm sure a lot of parents can relate to that, uh, struggle of, Um, have, have you seen that poem that about, you know, the, the, the dishes can wait or, you know, that the dust can accumulate because this baby's going to grow up and I think so, but I feel like I should read it. I feel like I should put that on my fridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, Cause it is, it's so appealing to get everything done and have the nice looking house um, right. instead of. <laughs> Um, I, didn't realize, just, I didn't realize how much time I had before kids. <laughs> so like, yeah, that. yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like they're only the kids. They're only kids once and like, or for a short time. And yeah. it is the most meaningful time is playtime. Yeah, just, there will come a time when they don't want to play anymore. Right, with you. <laughs> with me, maybe with someone else. Yeah. 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 No, he's in that sweet two year old, two year old phase. I love it. It's a beautiful time. It's very mama still. Very. (laughs) Especially a boy. I notice he, when Lex gives me attention, he's like, no, like mama is mine. (laughs) (laughs) 
so okay well yeah i gotta go play with gordy and okay yeah take over from okay (laughs) it's open though i was thinking yesterday you know we we went paddle boarding and um it was easy to want to talk about everything that oh you know things happening at work or things like that instead of where we were and what we were seeing in the moment, which I think is more playful to experience, immerse yourself in where you are at. Yes. And that kind of, we didn't record this, but we're talking about self-awareness before we started recording. And it kind of ties into that self-awareness about how we have a hard time as people to be self-aware about our surroundings and our environment and, what we're feeling and um, play, I think, would bring that out of people more. Um, yeah, as part of what we, I was saying, and I'd like to put it in here, and I had a segue to connect it, but I don't right now, but I still want to put it in here about this self-awareness and why I was looking for it is in order to create change in our life or to, to, to move ourselves towards more what we want for our life. We need self-awareness. And that's a really nice word, but what does it mean? Or what are the steps to getting there? And um, I found this great um, breakdown where they said it was mindfulness, um, compassion, reflection, feedback. So mindfulness being able to hear my own thoughts, recognize my actions and what they create. And then having compassion for myself in that, like that curiosity rather than judgment or performance expectation, you know, rigidity about what's right. That's not compassion. Compassion is playful, curious. um, and, And then reflection is being able to look at what happened. And then feedback is like to self correct. Oh, I see this, this action created this result or this thought pattern created this result. Maybe I could try this new thing. Playfulness sounds like a form of, of self-awareness. Yeah. And I, and I hope people don't think that we mean like playfulness means like we can never be serious or we can never have productivity or we can never be quote unquote adult. Like, right. We're, we're saying there are, there needs to be a balance of within our life. And I think we, we, the pendulum is too far on the serious side and and because life is serious and there's a lot of things going on in our lives that have never occurred to anybody else in in the humanity as a whole, right? Like all the things that we have to do in a day and along with the information that we have about what's happening in the world. And, you know, this, this has never happened before. And, uh, when we're too far on that adult, serious, strict side, um, we lose that, you know, the inner child or we lose um, the ability to self-soothe our nervous system through play, right? Um, We lose that. uh, uh, We have more anxiety, right? We have more depression. We have 
when you go from there. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's bringing playfulness into whatever you do, even if it's work, which is like just yeah, basically not taking yourself too seriously. And you're right. It is. That's got to be a balance. And that, but the other one is just also taking time and not making every moment about productivity. I know I was talking to my therapist about that, how, like, I think I, even though I know how important walking is and how it's the most underrated form of quote unquote exercise or movement that we do. Um, I always try to make it a chore. I'm like, oh, if I'm going to go for a walk, then that means I need to take the dogs for the walk because we need to kill two birds with one stone. But sometimes my dogs don't do well on walks um, for whatever reason. So then the benefit of me having a walk is limited either because the time with them is limited because they're having a hard time or I'm too worried about all the other things. So then I'm stressed out while I'm walking and that's like not what's supposed to be happening. I should be able to walk yeah. and like. I even saw something on a silent walk where you're walking without any listening to anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is implied that we're always filling the moment. Music or podcast. With, yeah, exactly. With pre-planned listening. Yeah. My, um, yeah. you know what I've, I've tried various options of meditation and Judy did like a few years ago, she did a session where, or a, a, a series on different types of meditation. It was like six weeks long and every week was a different type of meditation. And my favorite one was the, the walking meditation where, you know, we don't, we don't have our phones. We didn't have any music. We didn't have a podcast. Like she's guiding us through the we went to um, the um, the island across, you know, across the way from the clinic. And yeah, Bateman Island. We just, yeah, yeah, Bateman Island. We just, like, walked around and she'd get, like, what do you see? What do you smell? You know, what do you hear? Um, and then she'll, like, we'll go 100 yards and, like, okay, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? And so um, that was definitely one of my favorite ones. Maybe we should go play. Go play? (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, so now that we have this cat, holding a cat is so calming. Mm -hmm. Or just, I guess, if you have a pet that will cuddle with you. Yeah. My, both dogs like to cuddle a lot. So for me, it does get a smidge overwhelming at some point. And sometimes, especially the bigger one, he like turns into like a bag of bricks like he just melts into you so much and at some point I uh I'm like I I need a little break because this is like too much like pressure stimulus on on me um but most of the time it's it's well well worth the, the cuddle and the relaxation thank you so much for listening to this episode Our group tends to have these fantastic discussions, and we always ask ourselves why we haven't recorded any of them. And now, here we are. If you are interested in more content, we'll be releasing new episodes every other Monday. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Therapy Solutions PLLC. That PLLC is super important. 
This is the Rehab Within Reach podcast, where all are encouraged to experience wholeness and independence. See you soon.